Every night, my girlfriend wakes me up to tell the exact same joke. Written by Point of No Return. Before I start, I feel like I should let something be very clear. I absolutely love Ellen. We've been living together for about three years now, but have known each other basically our whole lives. In fact, we were childhood friends. And I know this may sound like a fairy tale to some people, but it truly felt like we were always destined to be together. Even after graduation, when we started dating other people, it only felt truly right when we were with each other. So I don't know what took me so long to ask her out, but I'm really glad that I did. We have the same taste in music, movies, and even food. We laugh at the same dumb jokes and know exactly how to comfort each other in times of need. She's the kindest, most gentle and loving girl I ever met. We've even been talking about plans for marriage and how we would like to have kids of our own. And that's why it hurts so much how it all went terribly wrong in just four nights. I would also like to say that Ellen doesn't have much of a family other than me and some very distant aunts that she never met and doesn't even know their names. I was born in a big family with four siblings and plenty of cousins that were always visiting and even helping out when we got in trouble. Ellen has none of that. She doesn't have any siblings, and her father was an alcoholic, abusive freak that died when she was young. Her mother was a very kind and inspiring person that took care of the family by herself for many years, and almost a second mother to myself. So when she passed away last year, It hurt us both for a long time. But Ellen stayed strong. She's not the type to let her feelings easily surface, so you gotta be a lot more perceptive to get what she truly feels. I used to be proud of myself and being capable of that. Felt like I knew her better than I knew myself. That's why this is all so strange. And frankly, terrifying we were sleeping in bed and I was dreaming I don't really remember what it was about but but for some reason which I'm sure of I heard her voice very close to my ear knock 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 she was caressing my hair gently while sitting in bed and looking below at me I slowly opened my eyes groggy from sleep hey what is it baby she kept looking at me fixated and repeating knock 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 I glanced at the digital clock on the top of the dresser it was 3.27am I had work in only a few hours what is it Ellen she paused Please answer the joke, dear. Knock, 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 knock. Fine. I accepted. Mostly because I was expecting some kind of surprise. Ellen wasn't the type to do what she was doing for no reason. Who's there? 
Her smile opened up, and she answered, Not me, so don't answer the door. I kept looking at her, dumbfounded. What was that supposed to mean? Is that it? Is that the joke? Yes, she said, laying in the couch and covering herself with a blanket. Thank you for answering. Weirdo, I answered, closing my eyes and going back to sleep. Next morning, things went as usual. I only remembered the strange conversation while I was alone in the bathroom, brushing my teeth. I wasn't even sure it had truly happened or if it was just a weird dream. So we had our breakfast together and she was acting normal, reading something aloud from a fashion magazine. And frankly, I wasn't paying much attention. So I took the opportunity to ask about last night. Initially, she didn't seem to know what I was talking about. Then her eyes fixated on me and the same smile from last night crossed her face briefly. And I knew it wasn't just a dream. She told me it wasn't anything of importance and stopped paying attention when I asked more inquisitively. And even though I shouldn't, I gave up. I had work and other matters to attend to and just brushed off the weird event thinking it wouldn't happen again. But the following night, I woke up to her voice. Knock, knock. A pause. Knock. What is it now? I said. Alan, what are you doing? Knock, knock, knock. She repeated. This time she wasn't even touching me, just sitting in the bed, looking at me with that same smile. But her eyes seemed larger, and she blinked in longer intervals. I looked at the clock. Once again, it said 3.27 a.m. Helen, come on, what is it? I got work in a few hours. I don't have the luxury of waking up in the middle of the night to answer knock-knock jokes, okay? Knock-knock-knock. This is getting creepy, you know. I'm not sure if this is some gag you've been doing, but I don't like it. Answer it. Knock-knock-knock. I sighed. (sighs) But also let a small laugh escape. It was creepy, of course, but she was also my Ellen so it didn't bother me as much as it should. Fine, who the fuck is there? I answered in a playful tone. Not me, so don't answer the door. For some reason, I felt a chill down in my spine. It was the same answer as before, and I still didn't get what it meant. But the way she said it, with a strange monotone voice, contrasted well with her smile the fact that I had no idea what she meant by it what does that mean I asked I really don't get it she just smiled and went back to sleep I felt a throb in my heart but did the same 
Next day, we talked again about what was happening, and she was very evasive with my questions, and I barely got her to say anything. It was almost as if she couldn't talk about it, which was very strange, considering we talk about pretty much everything. I told her I needed to be well rested for work, something she should understand well. I wasn't liking her little gag every night. And she just nodded. I decided not to press further, as I didn't want to hurt her feelings, and I had work to attend to. When I got back home, we had dinner and watched a movie and went to bed. Knock, knock. I opened my eyes faster this time around. In fact, I barely got any sleep. I just knew she would do it again and kept thinking about it the whole time. I glanced at the clock. 3.27 a.m. Knock, knock. I thought about ignoring her. Just pretending I was asleep and she wouldn't wake me up. So I closed my eyes slowly, hoping that she hadn't seen me opening them in the first place and stayed quiet. Knock, knock. She continued. She didn't stop. I regulated my breathing, but she kept going. Knock, knock. I'm not fucking answering your joke, Ellen. Stop it. Knock, knock. I ignored, but she kept going. She had never been this insistent with anything before. I tried to ignore it, but it was getting on my nerves, and frankly... I felt scared. Why was Ellen doing this? Why every night, at the same exact time down to a minute? Why wouldn't she let me sleep until I answered her? Knock, knock. I got up in a sudden movement. God damn it, Ellen. I was ready for a discussion, but when I finally glanced at her, it was as if the strength was drained from me. She wasn't smiling. She wasn't blinking, just staring right at me, fixated like an animal. And her mouth was moving, slowly, and she didn't stop. Knock, knock. I didn't know how to react or what expression I had when I saw her, but my heart skipped a beat. It was terrifying as if her gaze froze me in place, a thousand yard stare. Knock, knock, who's there? I asked, feeling as if it was the only way out of that nightmare. Not me, so don't answer the door, she said weakly. Ellen slowly closed her eyes and laid down. I kept staring at her while she fell into what seemed to be a deep sleep. I then got up and left. I walked downstairs and sat down at the couch in the living room, staring at the night sky outside and absorbing the quiet of the neighborhood. My heart was beating fast and it didn't slow down. I was too scared to sleep in the same room as my girlfriend all because of a fucking knock-knock joke. But it was unnatural. I thought about calling someone, 
I thought about it all being some kind of sleep-related issue, such as some type of sleepwalking, but it didn't make any sense. I felt so tired and decided that early in the morning, I would call an old friend who's a psychologist and get the opinion of a professional. Something was wrong with Ellen. I stayed in the couch as the day rose, and once Ellen woke up, she was acting normal again. Even asked me why I wasn't in bed. I didn't answer. In fact, I didn't speak to her and simply left for work. She seemed very upset, but I wouldn't do anything about it. Once I got to work, I called to my friend, told him everything that was happening in as much detail as I'm describing now. He didn't seem as worried as I figured, but we agreed in making an appointment for next week. Now I just needed to convince Ellen to come with me. I received plenty of text messages from her. She seemed very worried, sad, and even confused. She apologized a lot and it broke my heart a little. I felt bad. I shouldn't have, but I answered her and made her promise it wouldn't happen again. I also told her about the appointment and she seemed reluctant but agreed to go with me. So we made up. This was Ellen, after all. The girl I knew ever since I was six years old. The woman I loved and that had taken care of me for years. As much as that strange behavior creeped me out, she wasn't doing anything particularly frightening or even dangerous. So for a brief while, I convinced myself that I should give her another chance. When I returned home from work, we stayed together. She even prepared my favorite meal. Ellen was acting as gentle and caring as I always remembered, and I slept with her in our bedroom, even though I was still a bit reluctant. Knock. I couldn't believe it. She promised me she wouldn't. Knock. I gazed at the clock. 3.27 a.m. Always. Knock. I was laying on my stomach, and I couldn't see her face. In fact, I didn't even bother to look at her. I was feeling more sad than scared at that point. Sad that she had broken her word. Knock. Who's there? I answered, determined to just go back to sleep. Not me, so don't answer the door. I stayed quiet and closed my eyes. I just hoped I would be able to handle it until the appointment next week. To my surprise, I was actually able to sleep, probably because I hadn't been able to rest since last night. The following morning, I went back to not saying anything to Ellen, only very limited responses. I was expecting her to act the same as yesterday, trying to apologize, but she didn't. Mostly, she didn't say anything, almost as if she had accepted it 
She also looked tired, or at least a bit weak. I went to work, but I couldn't stop thinking about her. I didn't receive any messages either. Once I got back, we had the most silent dinner I ever had in my life. She barely ate anything. I decided to let her have the bedroom and sleep on the couch. I wasn't sure if it would stop her, but held on to the hope that she wouldn't go downstairs only to tell me the same knock-knock joke again. I covered myself with a blanket, shaked off that uneasy feeling, and tried to go to sleep. I had a deep sleep without dreams. Felt like I was lost in darkness. Then, I heard breathing. I opened my eyes to see Ellen standing above me, looking at me with big fixated eyes, dilated pupils that didn't seem to belong in such a completely neutral expression, watching me sleep. I almost screamed in terror. I jumped out of the couch and her eyes followed me as I stumbled through the dark room creating distance between us. For a moment, I was able to glance at the clock above the table. It read, 3.27 a.m. Alan, what are you doing? I asked, desperate. But she didn't move. In fact, she didn't say anything. Just stared at me as if I was made of glass and she could see right through me. And then, I heard a knock on the front door. Instinctively, I looked in that direction. It was then followed by another knock, and then another. Someone almost pounding at the door. I glanced back at Ellen, and she was still staring at me. Slowly, I got closer to the door, and she didn't move. The pounding continued. Who's there? I screamed. It stopped, and then I heard a voice. John! John, can you hear me? Open the door, please! John, please open the door! I froze in place. The voice kept calling me, but I couldn't believe it. It was Ellen's voice, coming from the other side of the door. But it couldn't be. I beg you, John! Open the door, it's serious! She's not me! I swear, she's not me! Slowly, I turned my head to look at Ellen, standing in front of the couch. She was looking at me, the same fixated eyes and a terrible, wide grin across her face. The pounding continued. John, open the door! Please, you have to trust me! I stayed still, not knowing what to do, and I don't remember what happened after that. I just woke up in my bedroom, 
digital clock indicating that it was now 4.21 a.m. And Ellen isn't by my side. I'm completely alone, trembling uncontrollably, and I don't know what's going on. I don't remember what happened after I saw her terrible grin. I don't even know if I opened the door. I tried to look for my phone and see if I could call the police, or at least someone that I know, but I left it downstairs. All I have is Ellen's laptop, and it's where I'm writing this right now, to get advice. Because I can't go downstairs. The corridor is dark, very dark, almost as if shadows were leaning into the room. And I can hear a faint, scratching sound coming from below. What should I do? My brother started collecting these weird dolls, written by Haunted Hobby Box 1997. Just to let you know before I start this story, all the names are changed because I'm worried that my entire family is in big trouble. First, just want to say that my family has always tried to support my little brother Charlie's creative side even if we don't get it. The town where I grew up in is small and boring and my childhood was pretty uneventful. My parents are the nicest people you'd ever meet and very what you see is what you get. My mom is a minimalist so there's no clutter anywhere but she lets my brother have anything he asks for as long as he keeps it in his own room. To help set this up, my parents had Charlie really late in life. My mom thought she was going through the change, but it turned out that she was pregnant. Nothing about my brother has ever been expected. He's nine and I just turned 25. But even though I'm old enough to be practically his mother, he's so much smarter than me. And it wouldn't surprise me if it turns out that he's a genius. And while my life is pretty boring, I work the finance department at a car dealership, and both my parents are accountants. Charlie is very artsy. He goes through a lot of hobbies. He was really into writing his own music for a while and playing it on the piano my grandma left us when she died. And after that, he started painting paintings were weird I'm trying to be kind and I admit I don't know about art but that's what they were I thought they were abstract at first which I understand to be just some random shapes and colors and splatters like that artist who used to shake his brush at the canvas but when I looked closely at them I could see things in them like faces or buildings. And even though they were hard to make out, I always felt like I was looking at a city or a faraway place I couldn't identify. 
I try not to think about it too much because I still get weird dreams whenever I do. Anyway, I would tell Charlie I loved his work and I even framed one to keep on my desk. But yeah, I was relieved when he moved on. He asked me to burn the picture I kept on my desk at work. And I felt bad because he'd worked so hard on it. But I have to admit, it's been a relief not having to look at that thing anymore. It was all red and blue and purple. And from far away, it looked like an abstract forest. But something about it always gave me the chills. I felt like there were faces hiding in the branches. And that they were watching me. Which brings us to his latest hobby. A few weeks ago, I picked Charlie up from school because my dad was having a small outpatient thing and my mom had to drive him due to the anesthesia. I figured since I had the afternoon off, I'd take Charlie for some curly fries at this food truck that he loves. We got our food and found a spot to eat outside. And when he threw his backpack up on the table, this tiny little doll fell out of one of the pockets. Doll might not even be a good word for it. It's more like those old plastic army soldiers. If anyone remembers the bucket of soldiers from Toy Story, only this was even smaller. Before I got a good look, Charlie snatched it back up and shoved it into his pocket. He refused to let me see it. I asked if it was something he was collecting and he shrugged and said, something like that. I should also mention that he's never really been interested in toys. Even when he was a toddler, all he cared about was making things. Finger painting, singing little songs in his own made up language, making stuff out of Play-Doh, etc. My dad was really into cars and tried to get him into Hot Wheels, but Charlie just ended up taking them apart, trying to melt the plastic or metal and make sculptures out of them. I promised to not make fun of him if he would let me see the doll, but he changed the subject and I didn't want to make him mad. He doesn't have a temper or anything like that, but if you say something that offends him, he'll give you the silent treatment for days. Okay, this part I'm not proud of. After I dropped Charlie off at home, my dad was feeling pretty lousy from the anesthesia, and my mom was taking care of him, so I stuck around to help out with my brother. Cooking dinner, making sure he did his homework, and got to bed on time. After Charlie was asleep, I went through his coat pocket and I found the doll. It was about an inch tall and it definitely looked homemade. Might have been melted plastic or some really shiny clay. But here's the weird part. It was very detailed for how small it was. It looked like a tiny boy with a red shirt, blue jeans, and a Stiller's hat. He even had red freckles on his cheeks. I know Charlie made this thing has his handiwork all over it. The face was probably painted using the head of a needle, and if anyone has the patience for something like that, 
it's Charlie. I wanted to tell him that this was his most impressive work yet and ask how he did it. But of course, I couldn't because he'd know I took it. I know I should have put it back, but there was just something about it that fascinated me. I went home and looked at it with my magnified makeup mirror. I couldn't find a single blob of paint that was misplaced. The sculpting was so perfect. I held it up against this hummingbird figurine that my friend gave me from our vacation in Germany. And even though that figurine is beautiful, I can find little flaws and brushstrokes if I look hard enough. A few days later, I went to my parents' house for our usual Sunday dinner. And the second we were alone, Charlie cornered me on the couch and said, What did you do with it? His cheeks were puffed out and his lips were pursed, which is something I used to do when I was a little kid. But instead of looking cute, Charlie looks truly angry when he does it. His eyes get dark, and even though he's just a kid, you feel like he's going to do something bad if he doesn't get his way. Something really bad. You can't lie to me, he said, before I could answer. All his life, we've had this pact that we don't lie to each other. This means I'm always the one to end up confessing something, and Charlie rarely says anything at all. This time, I tried a different tactic. You tell me what it is and I'll tell you where I put it. It's a toy. It's not a... I heard my parents moving around in the kitchen, and I lowered my voice to a whisper. We both know it's more than just a toy, Charlie. He didn't say anything for a minute. He seemed anxious, which is unlike him. He was trying to hide how desperate he was to have this damn thing back. And I knew that for once, he didn't know how to outsmart me. I was surprised when he took my hand and led me to the hobby box he keeps in his closet. He keeps it padlocked, even though nobody has any reason to care about what he keeps in there. And my parents always respected my privacy growing up, and they do the same for him. Inside the box were mostly things I'd expect. A cheap acrylic paint set, some polymer clay and wires broken pen caps, bits of broken bottles that my brother probably picked up from the sidewalk. Typical creative Charlie stuff. But then he unwrapped a scrap of cloth and showed me three more of those little dolls. There was a really mean looking dog with its teeth bared and a leash dangling from his collar. A lady dressed up like a chef and a man in a suit and tie with a bald head and a beer belly. I snatched that last one up before Charlie could stop me, and I held it up in a beam of sunlight. Is this supposed to be Mr. Wagner? I asked. I was dumbfounded. Mr. Wagner had been my principal when I was in elementary school, 
and he retired a year earlier, when Charlie was in the fourth grade. Not a bad likeness, I said. I remember him when he had more hair. Charlie was angry again, and he grabbed a doll and closed it in his fist so I wouldn't see it. He's bad, Mary, he told me. He's not what you think. Mr. Wagoner was never what you'd call nice. He was your stereotypical, no-nonsense, yell-at-kids-in-the-hall old crank. But Charlie and I were always honest with each other, and I could see that he meant it. Charlie, I began, what are you trying to say? Charlie didn't tell me, but I found out when my parents turned on the 8 o'clock news after dinner. Mr. Wagner was a suspect in his own wife's murder, and he'd gone off the grid. Police were asking for anyone who saw him to contact them immediately. What is going on in that school? My mother said as I helped her with the dishes. First that little boy goes missing, and now this? She didn't look at me, or she might have seen the look on my face. My blood was ice cold. What boy? I asked. It's the saddest thing, my mother said. Jimmy Verlin disappeared in some camping trip with his parents. She lowered her voice to a whisper even though nobody else was in the room to hear her. They think he drowned. My hands were shaking when I set down the dish I'd been washing and grabbed my phone. I typed Jimmy Verland into my search engine and I recognized a face staring back at me immediately. Red freckles on his cheeks and a black stiller's cap. I ran up the stairs to Charlie's room. He heard me coming and he tried to slam the door shut, but I shouldered my way inside and demanded an explanation. He shielded the closet with his body so that I couldn't get to the box with all of his art supplies and those creepy-ass figurines. What did you do? I didn't recognize my own voice. How did you do it? He burst into tears, which only happens once in a blue moon. His face got all pink and he started sobbing and he told me that Jimmy had been tormenting him since kindergarten. He put a dead frog in my brother's sandwich and my brother finally just snapped. He said he was tired of all the bad people and that it wasn't fair and he had to do something. I tried to get more information out of him, but my parents came upstairs to see what all the commotion was about. I panicked and I didn't know what to say to them. On my drive home, I passed a missing dog poster, and the dog looked just like the snarling dog figurine that Charlie had made. Now I don't know what to do. I still have that figurine of the boy I now realize is Jimmy Verland. Only when I came home tonight, it wasn't where I left it on the bathroom counter. It had fallen onto the floor, and his face had changed. His eyes are wide, and his fingers 
which used to be open, are clenched into fist. I could swear he looks afraid. I shouldn't be posting any of this, but I know Reddit is one place Charlie would never know I shared a secret. My parents don't let him have a smartphone, and he's like the only kid in the world who doesn't care about technology. Someone please help me. My brother is not a bad kid, and I'm scared to go to the authorities. First of all, they'll never believe me. But if Charlie has left any evidence that he's involved in these disappearances, I'm scared of what will happen to him. There's a murderer in my brother's hobby box and a class bully in my teapot where I put him for safekeeping. I don't know how to fix this. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please consider becoming a member of my Patreon page where you can have access to over 200 episodes with no ads, no promo, no bullshit. Just scary stories which you can download or listen to through an exclusive podcast feed. You'll have access to the entire Scarecast catalog, my bedtime story collection, and over 40 episodes never before released on the podcast. You can join by visiting patreon.com slash the Scarecast. All information will be posted in the description of this episode. Also, follow my Instagram at the Scarecast for podcast updates. If you can also rate and review this podcast on your respective podcast player, that will help a lot. As always, be safe out there. And until next time.